God's word because we want to change. Not because we just kind of need like a little boost of encouragement, but we're going, God, I need to change. There's some real deep things I need to change in me that's causing so much trouble in my life and in the lives of those around me. And the call that you have on my life in order to recognize it. So I need you to change me. So that is just an ever-present reality. And don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for New Year's because it's an opportunity to go, all right, I want this year to be different. But I want that to be just a practice that happens every day. Lord Jesus, change me. I need your help. Forgive me. Now the fact is, if you're sitting here today and it doesn't resonate with you, you might be going, I don't know if I need to change. I, I have no regrets. That's it. That's a common mantra. It's separate. No regrets. Live my life. Listen to your heart. <laughs> and that's why you're in so much trouble today. And, uh, you know, there's a story of a, of a pilot that was doing these high-speed maneuvers. And she was just speeding. They doing all these maneuvers. And what she thought was she had room to do a steep ascent to, like, go real high up into the sky. She crashed. Up there. Why? She was flying upside down, but she didn't realize it. What she thought was a sky was the ground and the water. It was completely upside down. She didn't realize it. She was high-speeding, spinning, doing all these maneuvers, only to realize her sense of reality was completely upside down. And how many of us, if we're going to be honest, that's the case with us. That we're going so fast, we're doing all these maneuvers, we're living at high speed without even thinking, without even assessing where we are at, what reality actually is, and we crash. Well, what I want us to do today as I look at my sermon title here is, is we want us to see the actual reality, which is the new reality by which we are living in. This is the context where in which we live. And we need to live into it and live out of it. And we're going to zone in on one text, but of course we, we need to read the context of it. So we're going to start with 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 to 17. And Paul writes to the church of Corinth, he says this, for the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Let's pause right there. Last week we focused on the birth of Christ, but now we're going to fast forward to the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. This is the new reality. This is happening is that Christ, he died for all. And that is an invitation. It is an invitation for everyone to come to him. That if you will come to him, he will wash away all of your sins, your guilt, and your shame. He will wash away the penalty of that. He will justify you. He will sanctify you. And he will glorify you. That's his promise for everyone who will come to him. So that, and now, he will wash away, he will take away the power of sin. And he will reorient your entire perspective on life. You will no longer live for yourself, but for Christ, who for your sake died and rose again. He died for you, for your sake. He saw you in your darkness, covered in the penalty and under the power of sin. And for your sake, he died to do away with all of that on the cross. And here we are in this world, we're trying, we're trying. What do we do with the sense of guilt and shame and the anxiety about it? What do we do with it? We try to do everything to, to do away with those negative emotions and feelings, try to numb the pain and try to escape, and it doesn't work. We try to do everything to change, and it doesn't work. Guess what statistics say about New Year resolutions? Only 8% of them actually keep them a few months into it. 8%. That means more than 9 out of 10 people are going to fail New Year resolutions. Jesus gives us the power to actually change in a way that's actually deep and lasting and real. 
we're no longer living for ourselves, but for him, for our sake, who's crucified and he rose again. And if we're going to be honest, most of our sin struggles, most of those struggles that we have, our spiritual, emotional struggles, all of it comes from living for ourselves. If we're going to be honest, isn't that true? Right? The reason that we are, we are struggling so much, whether it's our insecurities, right? We're just so easily offended or whatever it may be, right? Or we're so worried about ourselves and our own livelihood and what's going to happen to us or what does so-and-so think about us? We're so consumed with ourselves. This is also what's known as the flesh. It is so bent on pleasing ourselves, serving ourselves, living for ourselves. And that's why if we're going to be honest, that we are having all these struggles, we are depressed, we are anxious. All of that stems from that, that we're living for ourselves. And so what Christ then does is on the cross, not only defeat the penalty of sin, but the power of sin, so that we would, he, would, he would strip us away from that, you know, like Velcro, so that we would finally turn to him. And live for him, the one who loved us so much that he died and he rose again to prove that he is the Savior who died for you and he rose again and he's going to come back to bring you back and give you an everlasting, glorious body like his as well. That's his promise. So that we might no longer live for ourselves. Let's keep going. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. In this sense, the word flesh means like the worldly standards. We don't regard everyone according to worldly standards. We see the spiritual reality for what it is. Our jet is flying right side up now. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, like we kind of saw him as like some kind of you know, false prophet teacher. That's what we thought. But now we understand he's the son of God who came to die for us and rise again. We regard him thus no longer. Verse 17, this is the verse we're zoning in on. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Right here. This, this is what it really, truly means. This is the newness we all long for. I don't know about you, but I think we all love new things, don't we? Right? We love getting new gifts at, at Christmas. We love going to the store to get something new or a new type of food or whatever it might be. We love newness. Well, that right there, I believe it's, it's a shadow, it's a picture of our longing for the newness. We want something new because we're sick of the old. We're sick of the old. We're tired of the old. We're irritated by the old. <laughs> and, and I feel like a lot of that drives what we do. And right here, what we see is, is that Christ is offering us and he has accomplished a newness that we've all been longing for. And it's two-part. The first part is, who we belong to. That word in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, that's one of Paul's favorite words. If we go back to that, in Christ, it usually means belong to Christ. You are in Christ. You are hidden in Christ. Christ at the cross with his open arms. He has embraced you. You are hidden in Christ. He protects you. He's your covering. He is your security. He is your rock. He is your salvation. And you belong to him now. And God wants us to live out of this truth. And many of us are going, Jesus, no, 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 I'm going to go, I'm, I belong to this world, or I belong to this, or I belong to this person. Instead, God's saying, oh, you belong to Christ. And here's the problem. This is covenant language. God has made a covenant. That's a promise. He's saying, look, you are going to belong to me. I belong to you. This is a promise. That's what happened at the cross. A common covenant that we have in our day is marriage. And in marriage, the husband and wife are saying, I no longer am living 
independently, but I belong to you. We are now one. And could you imagine if I said, Rebecca, I'm married to you, but I'm going to live like I'm single. Could you imagine how ridiculous that would be? (laughs) No, no, I am married. And what if I was just like, you know, going around flirting, cheating, whatever, right? Spending all my money, doing whatever I want. Could you imagine how, how, how horrible that would be and how hurtful that would be to Rebecca and my children? This is how we then live the new life. We have to realize whom we belong to. You don't do a bunch of good so that you can belong to. I don't do a bunch of things so that I can be married to Rebecca. It's because I'm married to Rebecca that I live into what I already am. That I live according to whom I already belong to, do you see? So Christian, if you belong to Christ, you are in Christ, you have to live according to this new reality that you are his. And nothing else, nothing else gets to determine your desires, your goals, your interests, your plan, your call, other than Christ. And nothing is your grounds for security other than Christ. He is your greatest love. Do you see? So my question for us is this. Question. Whom do you belong to? This is a real question. I want you to look at your heart and go, whom do I belong to? When I ask you that, is it Jesus? Is that the first answer? If you're going to be honest, that's what comes out. The fact is, if we're going to be honest, for the majority of our lives, we've had this battle with the world that is telling you, you belong to me, you belong to me. And it's been informing you know, our thinking, our hearts, our desires, all of these things with these great deceptions. And there's an enemy, an enemy who is antagonistic, trying to keep you to belong to the world. And all that's been happening, and we've been giving in, giving in, giving in. And so it's not so easy, if we're going to be honest, to realize who we belong to, that it's to Jesus, and to live out of that. Matter of fact, for the most of our lives, we've been living in such a way where it's compartmentalized, right? So if, even if you grew up in church, it's like, okay, the Sunday morning thing, you know, I got the God thing going on. <laughs> but come Monday, the rest of the week, I'm just going to do my thing. And we think that's okay. But what we see here is that, no, 24-7, 365, you belong to Jesus. If you have put your faith in him, you belong to him. And that's supposed to determine how you then live out your whole life. We got this next verse up here in Galatians 5, 24 to 25. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Can we go back to the previous verse here? So what we see here is that if we are going to understand... If we are to actually change in a real, lasting way that comes from the Holy Spirit, we have to identify those desires that are at work in us, that are operating, that are working against what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. There's this battle against the flesh and the spirit, living for ourselves, living for God. It's always battling. And we have to identify what that is. But step one begins with, whom do you belong to? You belong to Jesus. That's the key. Let's keep going here. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. My second question is this. What is your story? 
What is the story that has held you down? What is the story that you are stuck in that keeps running through your mind? That story is the jet that's flying upside down. And that's why you keep crashing. What is your story? I want you to think of it this way. Your story, whatever it is, maybe it's some, something that happened way back when you were younger or maybe even just last year. I don't know. You know. God knows. During that, where the seeds were planted, the wounds and the self-inflicted wounds, that's where the lies got in. And it's once the lies got in that, again, I talked about this before, that you then begin to make vows. They go, I am not going to go through that again. And I can't trust God. I got to do it my way. You made that vow somewhere along the line, and you began to compromise on God's word and began to do things your way, whatever it may be. Whether it was in the realm of your love for career, or your love for a romantic interest, your love for anything and everything, right? We fill it in. We made that vow. We began to compromise God's word, and that then became what we call strongholds. Strongholds. And, and that began to determine the story of your life. Here's the way that I deal with conflict. Here's the way that I deal with stress. Here's the way that you name it. And that has become your story. And you don't know how to get out of it. And so a simple way to remember this in the acronym is LOVES. L-V-S. No vowels in there. <laughs> We're going Hebrew. L-V-S. What are the lies you began to believe? What are the vows that you made that said, God, I'm not gonna, I, I can't trust you in your word. I'm going to do things my way. And then what are the strongholds that came out of that? And it's ruling the way you live for yourself and against God and against others and against his call on your life. In other words, what are the loves of your heart? What are the loves of your heart that have come out of this story of yours? And now here's the beauty. Here's the beauty. I feel like you might be at the precipice going, okay, Pastor Jen, now I feel completely hopeless. <laughs> what do I do here? Here's, here's the great thing is that the new reality, this is what I'm pointing us to, the new reality of what Christ has done, he's giving you a new story to live into. He's giving you a new story to live into. Check this out. There's this new story. Isaiah prophesied at 700 BC. He says this. For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the, and the cry of distress. So right here, if you're familiar with the book of Revelation and when it talks about the end times and what God is going to do at the very end of this entire story of all of history, it, it actually prophesies what's going to happen. And so we see this fulfilled in the prophetic book of Revelation, chapter 21. We have the next, verses 1 through 4. At the end of time when Jesus comes back, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and the sea was no more. 
And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This is the new creation that Isaiah prophesied at 700 BC, and one day is going to be fulfilled. That's going to happen soon. Come, Lord Jesus, right? One day this is going to happen. This is the new creation that has been prophesied in both the Old and the New Testament. So if we go back to 2 Corinthians 5.17 in this next verse here, in this next slide, what does he say here? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. What's he saying here? He's saying that the new creation that God has prophesied, that God has promised for all those who believe in Christ, it has already begun in you. The new creation has begun in you. One day, the entire cosmological new creation will happen, but the foretaste has begun for all those who believe in Christ and have the gift of the Holy Spirit in them and are walking according to the Spirit and are crucifying the flesh with its desires. The new creation has begun in you. This is the new story within which you sit. This is the new reality. That Christ at the cross with his open arms, he has embraced you despite all of the wounds you carry, afflicted by others and self-inflicted. He still holds you. He holds you in his arms. If you have received him by faith, he washes away all the penalty of your sin and he promises to do away with the power of sin so that you will no longer live for yourself. That's been causing you so much trouble. But now you can finally turn to him and live for him who died for you and rose again for your sake. And he loves you like this. You are hidden in Christ. Nothing in all creation, nor height, nor depth, nothing in the past, present, nor future, nor angel, nor demon, nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 8. This is a promise. The new creation has begun in you. Do you understand that, child of God? That is your new story. Stop living out of the old story. Stop living out of the old loves, the lies, the vows, and the strongholds that are keeping you down. It's because of the old story. You, you think you belong to the world. You think you belong to this old story of yours. It doesn't have to be that case. Matter of fact, you're flying upside down. And God's telling you, look, get your eyes. Behold. What's he saying? Behold. 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 Get your eyes on this new reality. You aren't seeing it. Child of God, you are, the reason you keep stumbling is you're not seeing the new reality, whom you belong to and who he is and the new story he's given you. You are a foretaste to this entire world of the new creation. You've crucified the flesh and its desires, and you're living for him now. Does the world see that? Or do they see another person just like everybody else? Because check this out. When you understand this, you're going to live into your new call. Look at verse 18. And this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Check this out. So he calls us to himself, and he calls us out. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses, their sins, against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. This is the message that we are entrusted with. We're reconciled to God, so we can help people be reconciled to God, too. This is our purpose in life. Church, don't ever drift away from this mission. Satan and the world is trying to distract us from this mission, but this is the main mission. 
the minister of reconciliation, to, to, to persuade people to be reconciled to God. There's nothing greater than this. This is the greatest service we could do to any non-believer. That's why he says the word ministry is the word service. Ministry of reconciliation. That's what we're here for. This is the greatest service you could do to a non-believer is to reconcile them back to God, to wash away their sin and guilt at the cross, and to have an eternal hope, and to live into this new creation. Next verse. Therefore, we are ambassadors, ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This is what we are now. As we await the fullness of the new creation and as we live as new creatures, we have been given a calling. We are ambassadors. An ambassador is someone who represents a separate state, a separate nation to another nation. And they represent the message that the other state has to say regarding its goals and interests. And, and this is what God has called us to be. You know, I can't go to a different nation. <laughs> I can't go to, say, you know, Argentina and be like, I am an ambassador for the U.S., I can't do that, right? <laughs> the government has to appoint me to do that, to carry that responsibility. And this is what God has done. Child of God, if you are a believer, God has made you his ambassador in this world. Do you understand that? Do you understand the high calling that he's given you to be his ambassador? This is what he has called you to do. And specifically, the message that he wants to relate from the kingdom of heaven to the kingdoms, to the dark kingdoms of this world, which is ruled by Satan, words of Jesus, it's, it's specifically, be reconciled to God. Turn from your sins and turn to Christ. At the cross, he nailed our sins to the cross. And he freely offers forgiveness to all who will turn to him by faith. And to make you new, a new creation. And now you will live a life no longer for yourself, but for him who died for you and rose again. This is our message of reconciliation. Let's keep going here. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the new reality that God has brought about in Christ. So the two questions that are really ruling us, that are determining, this is going to determine how our year lives out and the rest of our lives. Whom do I belong to? And what is my story? I'm telling you, we just think that we're like this blank canvas and we could do whatever we want. Until we settle these questions, we will not be able to change. We have to live into this new reality. That's why he says, behold, look at the truth of what has really happened. So now that we see these truths, I want us to burn this into our minds. We'll go to the next slide here. I belong to Christ. Therefore, the new creation has begun in me. Who do I belong to? I belong to Christ. What is my story? The new creation has begun in me. And when we begin to live out of this, this is where true change will begin to happen. We will, as it says in Galatians chapter 5, we will walk and step with the Spirit. Because in the same book, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 18, he says this. He says, We all with unveiled faces are beholding the glory of the Lord, and we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. And all this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Spirit of God is continually trying to get your eyes on Jesus, onto this new reality, whom you belong to, and what is your story. 
these two truths right here. And when you see the gloriousness of this story, you will begin to change from one degree of glory to another. You will begin to let go of those loves of your heart, the lies, the vows, and the strongholds. You will cut to the core of all of those things as you get your eyes on this truth, that I belong to Christ and the new creation has begun in me. I no longer have to live for this world anymore. It, I, I no longer have to be a slave. I no longer have to be living under the power of my sin. I am now living for Jesus. I am now living for him, and I can't wait till he comes back. And right now, the new creation has begun in me, and I'm going to be a foretaste to this entire world. And I'm going to share the message of what he has done to this world so that they too can enjoy this great gift that I've been given that I do not deserve to be washed clean of all my guilt and shame, to have an eternal hope, to belong forever in the kingdom of God and the family of God, with God and his people forever and ever and ever. This is what we've been called to. This is the new reality. Behold it and live into it. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I pray for all of us here. As we start this new year, we don't want to be held down by all those things that we belong to that have kept us struggling and stumbling. We don't want to live out of that old story that we've been stuck in, that's been on replay in our minds and in our hearts. And so today, Lord God, we ask your Holy Spirit to open up our eyes that we may behold the glory of Christ, of what he did, who, who for our sake, because he loved us so much that he died in our place. He took on hell for us so that he can forgive us of the penalty of sin and to set us free from the power of sin. And so, Lord God, we set our eyes on this truth and we declare, we declare in the face of the lies, in the face of our vows, in the face of our strongholds from the enemy, Lord, we declare today that I belong to Christ and the new creation has begun in me.